Hello and welcome to the Lancet Global Health Podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. Today to discuss an intriguing new paper published in the journal on vitamin A deficiency and child health, I am joined on the line by one of the study authors, Professor Majid Azati. Majid, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Nikolai. It's good to be with Lancet Global Health. For those that are not familiar with the work you do, could you briefly introduce yourself, Majid? Sure. I'm Majid Azadi, and I'm from Imperial College London, and I work on a series of issues related to global health, both children and adults. Perhaps you could begin by outlining the consequences of vitamin A deficiency for child health and whether the negative findings of the DEFTA trial published in The Lancet in 2013 has shaken confidence in the benefits of supplementation. Sure. So uh, vitamin A deficiency has uh, has a series of health effects, and, and in fact, uh, it was probably first noticed through its effects on, on vision and eye. So, so it has consequences for for, for vision, uh, anything from uh, from poor vision to to much more severe things at the extreme of it, blindness. It is also the case that when children, especially after the first few months, are uh, vitamin A deficient, uh, they are at higher risk of dying from from measles and, and, and diarrhea. Um, DEFTA trial, which is the single largest trial of vitamin A supplementation, had effects that were smaller than previous studies, but it's not the only one that has had those, those smaller effects. So, so when taken in the broader context of, of all of the evidence, it means that the benefits, at least in today's world, may be a bit smaller than what people may have thought 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, that may be just an outcome of having a much larger study or it may be an outcome of the fact that, that children who were in DEFTA are actually, even though deficient, they are maybe a little bit less deficient than those that may have been in earlier studies two decades ago. I don't think we know what the reason is, but, but certainly adds to the collectivity of evidence that we had. Thank you. So the aim of this study was to aid global vitamin A supplementation efforts by mapping changes in deficiency over time. That's right. Could you give us a brief summary of your methods? Sure. Uh, so what we did was that with colleagues uh, around the world, uh, we actually collected as much information as we could on the levels of vitamin A deficiency in children uh, in different countries. Uh, we wanted data that were population-based, so not things that were uh, collected in children who were in health facilities. Uh, they could actually be particularly badly off uh, by, by the virtue of being ill. Uh, so we took as much of the population-based information as we could find, and, and we actually think that we were probably the most comprehensive on this. And uh, then even with that, uh, there isn't as much information as one ideally would want. So we took a series of a statistical mo- approaches uh, that, that, that take the existing data, they deal with them, and they make comparable sort of, they come up with comparable figures for all of the countries in the world. Uh, in terms of how things have changed and, and what the status is right now. So data and methods going together to make these estimates. And what exactly did you find? What were the headline results in terms of vitamin A deficiency and its contribution to child deaths over the past couple of decades? Sure. So I mean, there, there, there are a few important things. One is that globally there has been a reduction in deficiency, but that reduction really reflects some kind of a polarization of the world, if you wish. There are places like East Asia, Southeast Asia, Latin America, perhaps Middle East, uh, where vitamin A deficiency has gone down as best as we can tell. And then uh, in Sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia, which is where most of the child deaths happen, it actually hasn't changed much over this period. To the best that we can say with the, with the data that, that, that exists, 
it's remained relatively unchanged uh, the levels of uh, deficiency as measured by serum retinol, which is a good biomarker of vitamin A deficiency. Now, what has happened, however, is that there has been a reduction uh, and a noticeable reduction over a period of a few decades in number of children who die uh, due to being vitamin A deficient. And a part of that is because of improvements in regions that I mentioned in East Asia, in Latin America. But a part of it is also because we are fortunately getting better over time at saving child children's lives. So a child who may be deficient, even in, in, in South Asia or in Sub-Saharan Africa, and who may have died of diarrhea or measles a few decades ago, because there is measles vaccination, or but there is perhaps somewhat better treatment of diarrhea, they are not, they are no longer facing death as a consequence. So reduction in deficiency in some regions, reduction in deaths that are due to vitamin A deficiency everywhere. Of course, there is still uh, over 100,000 children uh, that die of deficiency each year. So too large of a number for global health, but better than it was a few decades ago. Thank you. And my final question, you suggest that the findings could have implications for prioritization of vitamin A supplementation globally. I was wondering if you could be a bit more specific. Sure. So we should supplement where there can be benefits, and, and, and the benefits can happen. You know, there are two things that are needed. One is that obviously it should be a deficient population. And second thing is that we should actually believe that, that there will be measurable mortality benefits in the case of children. And, and, and otherwise, it's actually scarce public health resources that are being used in something that may have limited benefits. So obviously, again, as I mentioned, Sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia seem to still have the need for supplementation. Deficiency hasn't gone down. Child mortality isn't as low as we would like it to be. So clearly a need there. But then there are other regions that supplementation may have continued. But when we look at it, we see that either deficiency is low or child mortality is so low there that actually the number of lives saved compared to other public health interventions we can be doing. Better sanitation, uh, better complementary feeding, and a whole set of other things that could use the same resources may actually be too small to justify. So we should be looking very seriously at low deficiency, low mortality countries. Um, and then the other thing is that uh, I think we should be becoming better as a, as, a, as a community, as a global health community, to look perhaps beyond countries and look subnationally. Are there parts of a country that are particularly badly off and driving the picture? And, and, and that's obviously something that takes prioritization at the national level. That's not a consequence. That's not a, a direct implication of our study. But certainly, uh, as we get to a sort of medium levels of deficiency, that should become a consideration. Majid Azati, thank you for taking the time to speak with me on the Lancet Global Health Podcast. Thanks very much.